Going to throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost. He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Oh, doctor! All right, well, howdy, guys. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. Uh, this is your uh, co host, Rob uh, White, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2014. And this is World Traveler Roy May, uh, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2015. And one thing we want to say on this podcast is we do not believe in monkey business at all. Yes. <laughs> she, she wouldn't stop. It's, it's like just digging a hole when you're tweeting. It, it, it was just so phenomenal. I mean, you have effectively dug a hole. You just keep digging and you keep digging. It was so weird. And not to mention posting video of a sign that you very clearly just uh, drew up to put on that fence. So, regardless, what a wild weekend that was. Um, not only from, obviously, that standpoint, but also from a sports standpoint. However... Before we jump into any sports stuff, I want to hear how your trip went. Oh, man. Um, it was literally the trip of a lifetime. Um, so, uh, for those of y'all that don't know, I had a 10-day... Well, let me back up. It's the centennial of the original unknown soldier in Arlington, the World War One unknown. <clears throat> and uh, the Society of the Honor Guard, which is like the Tomb Guard Society, mm. um, our president worked on this trip for almost five years, putting it all together. And it was a 10-day uh, kind of stint... In, in France, we didn't spend a whole lot of time in Paris, um, but we were all over France. We went to World War One cemeteries um, where uh, candidates were selected for the final selection of the unknown. Um, we went to uh, uh, we went to where the USS Olympia uh, di- you know, disembarked to to bring the unknown to to America. Uh, obviously, since we were over there, we went to Normandy. Uh, I mean, because you know, if you're going to be there, ran up to Point de Hoc. Sure. But um, it was just, uh, I mean, it was a bit of a whirlwind. Uh, we were, I mean, hopped on a bus and drove all over France, which is kind of the same as hopping on a bus and driving all over Texas. It can it can uh, lead to a lot of hours on a bus. But um, it was just, it was an unbelievable experience. And we had, you know, we had ceremonies everywhere we went. We took a, a ceremonial flag that we, that had first started, uh, flew in Arlington. Then we took it to, it flew in all the cemeteries. Um and uh, so it, the tune trip is it's hard to put into words. I actually kept a journal. I'm going to kind of write it down a little bit fuller and, and hopefully, you know, put it out for people that want to see it. Um, I did take over 1,400 pictures and videos while I was there. So that I, I will be uploading a Google link. But uh, before that, I front loaded. Um, figured if I was going to go overseas, you know, I, I've never been overseas without the Army. So I figured I'd. Trying to front load some other stuff, so I went to Munich. A guy I went to A and M with lives and works in Munich, so I went to Munich for a few days, and um, and I love Munich. I, I would live in Munich, literally. It's it's a, such a great city. Everything I've ever seen about it, it looks like a phenomenal town. So it's it's, it's clean. It's fun. Uh, the, you know the transport, like the infrastructure of the city is great. Like the, you know the public transportation, the people are nice. German is, is an easier language to pick up, in my mind, um, than something like Fran- uh, French, for instance. Sure. Um, the food is fantastic. I, but I love German food, so that's, um, uh, you know, maybe some people don't. It's certainly not the worst. Yeah, well, it's, it's the worst, yeah. That was <laughs> one of the places we went to, his little local, I wouldn't even call it restaurant, but uh, 
uh, their name translates to "it's the worst." So, uh, <laughs> so good. Uh, which which is which is great because Germans don't do like comedy very well. That's, so that's well done. <clears throat> but yeah, um, but Munich was fantastic. Uh, and then I went to London. and I got to go to a West Ham match. I was, I was about to say you have gotten your chance now to uh, experience yes. West Ham. And the best part was it wasn't even a home match. Yeah, so I didn't. Um, and, and you know, great for for West Ham for having London Stadium, but it's a very corporate feel to it, kind of like Cowboy Stadium. Sure. And uh, well, the new Cowboy Stadium. Um, and so I had the opportunity to go up to Everton, which uh, for those of you who don't know, Everton is in Liverpool. So <laughs> Liverpool and Everton, you can literally see the stadiums from each other. That's how yeah. close they are. So uh, so instead of getting kind of the corporate um, experience, I got to, it was about a four-hour road trip with a couple of the West Ham fan TV guys. Rode up there, uh, went to the away pub. Um, sure. And uh, went to the match and, uh, it, you know, just – one of those things that works out well. Not only did we win, but they scored the game winner, you know, in front of me on our end. Yeah. Um, but it was such a great experience getting to go to a way match. And Everton plays in Goodison Park, which is one of those where, uh, you know, it's still kind of the old school boxy stadium. Sure. A little bit smaller, a little bit more intimate. Um, they're actually moving. They're building a new stadium, unfortunately. So all those small stadiums, one by one, are going by the wayside. But... Um, but it uh, it was just a fantastic experience. It's, it's probably like automatically went in probably like top five or ten of my all time sports experiences in life. Dude, I can um, totally imagine. And not to mention, you got to run over and see uh, you know my boys' home. I saw you. Well, we actually games. parked in their parking lot. So, <laughs> yeah, because so it's, it's, if Liverpool's playing, the, the parking lot's at Everton. That's how they do it. They, oh, oh, that's 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 cool that they do that for each well, other. They, well, they would literally. Uh, I was talking to him about. It. They will literally never play on the same weekend, and that's like a Friday through Monday. And it doesn't matter if it's a cup game, one's premier, one's. They'll never both play in Liverpool on the same weekend. Like it just doesn't happen. I mean, you literally have two stadiums that are, what, half mile, mile apart? Like, they're right next to each other. Yeah, and, and you've got, you figure all the people that come in for games and just the logistics of it, a complete nightmare because where we were, our away pub is over by uh, Liverpool Stadium. Sure. Um, but yeah, if you're playing Liverpool, it's a different pub and it's further away because obviously, you know, safety is kind of in mind there. It's Well, sure, you, <clears throat> you don't necessarily want these guys out here just all getting in beefs right outside the stadium and, you know, Having seen plenty of videos of this take place, I can certainly understand wanting to keep the distance best you can, at least until you get into the stadium. Yeah, we got there, I don't know, maybe an hour and a half, maybe two hours early, and uh, and we parked a, a decent uh, ways away from um, from the bar, and we got out of the car and you could hear them singing. Like, it was, it was just so hilarious and so great. But uh, there's no reason to put them close to even, you know, have that possibly happen, because, right. you know, you got dudes that... Went up the night before and stayed in Liverpool, and so they've just been getting sauced, you know, since yes, you know, since the night before. But uh, but when I got there, actually, uh, the reason we didn't go up to Liverpool is kind of some stuff fell through. But I had the opportunity to sit in on a on a pilot show with a couple of um, fan TV uh, teams, fan TVs, uh, Arsenal and, and West Ham sure. and Liverpool, and uh, I believe Chelsea was the fourth guy. And so uh, so that was just a phenomenal experience for any of you Arsenal fans, any of the Gooners out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to sit, uh, I, I got to hang out in Arsenal Fan TV studio, right? Um, which was which was pretty neat. Um, Let's but, go and admit, Arsenal Fan TV is probably some of the best content you can get on the internet. Well, it was. I mean, they they got a, 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 a two floor kind of um, studio. Uh, they, it, all the guys are just super nice. Big. 
Big Robbie, you know, Dub Boss Man, he's hilarious. Right. But, um, so I, I got to do some really neat stuff. I'm not a big touristy guy, so it's not like I went and, you know, hung out at Buckingham Palace. Sure. But, um, from there, I decided to cram in a, a quick trip to Bastogne. I literally spent 20 hours in Bastogne counting sleeping. Um, but but I ran up to the uh, War Museum in Bastogne, and uh, literally, I I got up before, um, you because know, that part of Belgium they speak French, right? And, and I just I don't. Um, and uh, and Belgium is a sleepy town. Like there are some shops that open at nine thirty, but it's almost suggestive, like nine thirty ish whenever you get moving. Mm-hmm. And so the only thing really moving was uh, ground transportation was the bus, right? Public right. transportation, and. Uh, and I don't speak a lick of French, and the visitor center wasn't open either, because you know they've got some some people in the visitor center that, that are at least bilingual, right. and um, so I, I didn't have anybody to help me out with the buses, so I just walked to the War Museum, which was uh, about a forty minute walk, um, kind of all uphill, yeah, uh, but yeah. but it was neat though because uh, you know I if I'd taken the bus, there were a couple of monuments on the way up that I wouldn't have been able to see. It's just sure. one of those things. I got some really cool pictures walking through the town of Bastogne. Uh-huh. Um, got up there, went to the War Museum, went to uh, the Montesson uh, Memorial, which is right there, um, and it was it was kind of cool, and it was like foggy and misty, and it was just kind of this perfect setting, uh, you know, to be up in Bastogne. Um, and then I ran, you know, I caught the bus back, ran over, grabbed a ticket, hopped on the train, or no, hopped on the bus to the train, and two trains later, I was uh, I was in Paris. So it was a by the time I got to Paris, I was kind of pooped. <laughs> I believe it. And uh, so I got to Paris, and we stayed at a hotel that was, I mean, you could see the Eiffel Tower right up the street from it. Mm-hmm. So it was really neat. Um, but, again, we didn't spend a ton of time in Paris because most of the stuff was, was out at the, the cemeteries of Saint and Moussargon. And, um, so, uh, but, but it was just such a, uh, such a fantastic um, trip. Uh, we spent a, a, a few days in Reims because Reims was kind of centrally located for some of the cemeteries. Right. Reims is a cool little town, but... Um, but yeah, I, I'll be honest, the last night we did a, a river cruise, um, which was, oh, well, let me go back. So uh, when we got through all the cemeteries, not including Normandy, but Normandy's obviously World War II. So when we got done with the World War One stuff, um, part of that was <clears throat> in Chalon Champagne, <clears throat> excuse me, um, they did an entire ceremony that was a reenactment of the World War One uh, unknown ceremony, like mm-hmm. in the same plaza and everything. They had a horse-drawn carriage, wow. and they had... Um, Casket bearers that were in the old World War One doughboy outfits to carry. Like it was, uh, it was incredibly moving. The the French military band that was there, um, they were playing kind of the death march, and they and they played a second song. I don't think there was a, a tomb guard with a dry eye. It was, it was overwhelmingly emotional. Uh, but it was so beautiful. Um, and then, uh, but yeah. So the, the last night we got to do a river cruise on the Seine. It was about a two two and a half hour cruise and. Um, you know, just kind of see the sights of Paris one last time before you leave. Um, but, but I tell you what, by the time I got on the plane, I was ready to come home. Six, 16 days um, hauling all that luggage around because, you know, they don't really do laundry over there if you're not going to line dry it. Pretty much. And, uh, and because we were moving so much, I didn't really have, I didn't have the time for stuff to line dry. So um, sure. so I had a lot of luggage. <laughs> but, um, but man, I, I had such a great time. And... Um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll, I'll ex- kind of expand my journal for the French part of it, um, and uh, and I'll definitely be putting up a link to like a Google sure. uh, Google folder. And I'm trying to separate it by kind of cemetery and by where I'm not just right. going to hard dump it all. Um, yeah, here's all my content. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> well, and I uh, uh, and there's some stuff. I mean, I, 
I, I haven't been able to even look back on all of them yet. I mean, there were a bunch of pictures I had my finger on the way of the lens. You know, so oh, I've, I've got to delete some pictures. But um, there, there's nothing that I wanted a picture of that I missed. I'll put it that way. Well, that's phenomenal, um, man. It looked like you you guys definitely had a great time. And, it was, um, was so great. And I'm looking forward to seeing that. You know, as soon as you do post that link, uh, we will be sure to upload that so everybody can take a look. Yeah, um, and, it should, sure. and it'll be in order, hopefully, uh, if I can get Google equipped just trying to do it alphabetically. Um, and then, uh, I, but I tell you what, on, on top of the trip, you know, cause I'm trying to stay in touch with, with what's going on at home a little bit. Right? Oh, a little I mean, bit. I, obviously right. talking to my family, but I, I, one thing I, I've having my phone in airplane mode is the greatest thing on the planet. Like I just wasn't bugged. I didn't do a cell phone plane going over there. I was just going to rely on the Wi-Fi, you know, in the hotels and, and there were public places. Sure. And not being beholden to a phone, it, it's it's been so long since that's been a thing in my life. I forgot how nice it is literally just to kind of enjoy the world around you, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it was, and I think that's probably what helped make the trip special too is I, I wasn't distracted by anything. Right. Um, I, you know, where I went, I, I went to to really truly go enjoy it and embrace the trip so um so that that was like one of the best parts about it was just being able to truly go to europe and not yeah. not be concerned yeah, absolutely and yeah we really did uh hold down the fort while you were out and uh want to think want to throw out another quick thank you to adam drake for filling in for us he did a fantastic yeah yeah job. he and i had a couple beers this weekend yeah he, he did a great job for us and uh we're certainly happy that he was able to fill in. Uh, took off last week because you know, hey, A on a bye week, so why don't we take a bye week? Well, in the sports while I was gone, like, because yeah. I'm, I'm obviously going to keep up with scores. Let's not get crazy. Oh, of course. So you know, A and M football plays well. Um, yep, took care of you business. Know, West Ham's still rolling. You know, one of which I got to watch, but you know, with Europe and all the other stuff, you know, West Ham's playing really well. Yeah. Um, the Strohs are still in it. They are. You know, um, and, and somehow before I came home, they were doing just fine. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, no, I, I guess uh, I, I catch one game. I don't remember. Um, I really tried not to pay attention. Yeah, sure. But but I kept up with stuff. So just you know, Strohs are still in it. You know, A and M. Yeah, yeah, West Ham. Like so, while I was there, when I did check on things, I wasn't put in a foul mood. No, like, it was great. <laughs> That's great. And yeah, you know, speaking of the Astros, yeah, I mean, uh, it was really funny on uh, Sunday evening. Uh, we were starting to do some practicing because I've got this. Uh, Got this little uh, song. We're working on a couple new tunes, and we got a big rehearsal coming up on uh, Saturday. So um, when they hit that new grace, music album, or just some new tunes for now? Oh, uh, just just a new tune okay. that we're going to cover. Uh, it's Coulter Wall tune. We're looking at one of them. Oh, couple. we're going to cover. Gotcha. Yeah, just a cover. So uh, we want to run that in rehearsal. The deal was, um, I needed to peel off and go start working on a little bit of that. Um, and unfortunately, when, when Valdez gives up a grand slam in the first inning, that tells you. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and focus on my work. I'm gonna put this over here. I'm gonna keep checking up on the score. Don't, you know, didn't completely shut them off, but it was like, hey, you know, clearly I, I can go do other things and not feel awful about it. Right. So yeah. I did. And same, absolute and, same. And as they started coming back, it's like, well, I can't turn the game back on now, and I didn't. I left it. Let it. Well, ride. yeah. If you change it and things started going well, my dad hasn't watched an Astros game in two weeks because he's not allowed to. Right. It's a. It's you know, it was a let it ride situation. So. Uh, as it stands, the Astros have been doing well without me watching, so naturally I will not watch tonight. Well, um, maybe you need to watch the first inning and turn it off again. I don't know. I don't maybe. know how that works. I don't know how If you works. watch the first inning and they hit another grand slam, you're never watching a first inning again. Never again. Well, so. We were laughing about it with my dad because you know, my sisters and my dad and I have a little you know, fun when we're talking about the games. My dad won't watch it because he feels like he's bad luck. Sure. And uh, and so my, so my sister and I were laughing about it. And, and that game was dreadfully long. Right? It was. 
I felt like it. I felt like Halloween was over and we were getting to the middle of the second. But, um, but uh, I think he he watched almost four Hallmark movies wow. in, in the span of a baseball game because he literally had to watch something in a channel that wouldn't have any updates. Right. You know, wouldn't give him any sort of inkling of what was going on. So he puts his phone on the charger in the kitchen. He goes and sits down in the living room. And he turns on Hallmark movies. So so I'm hoping Dad gets another three. Yeah, well, I guess we need two more games. So Dad's going to watch six to eight more Hallmark movies if, if everything works out well. That works out for me, man. So uh, we'll s- hopefully the Astros... Poor guy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I really hope that. So, yeah, Astros uh, looks like they did finally find some footing offensively. So hopefully they can make that roll. Because, good Lord, if for no other reason, I want to see the baseball world just implode with another Astros World Series. Yeah. And let's go I'm ahead. going and, home, man. Well, and, and here's the thing. It's back in Houston, and everybody that's been around here saying, oh, the Astros are still cheating, the Astros are still cheating. Here's the deal. This is probably going to be the most scrutinized, heavily analyzed baseball season in the history of the game. You had umpires that were checking pitchers after every so half dumb. inning for so spider attack and stuff. You don't think they've got officials running around checking out these ballparks mm-hmm. for everything? If anything, the Astros are going to walk away with the cleanest title in the history of the game if right. they win. So that's going to be the ultimate irony of the situation. Now, granted, you still have to win two more games. Yeah, they got two more games to get to that point. But it's, you know, it can happen. No, absolutely. I mean, and, yeah. and again, they... The Astros are funny because, I mean, even during the cheating stuff, they were better on the road than they were at home. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> ironies, you know, so it's like, really makes you wonder why they even needed to cheat in the first place. Whatever, doesn't matter. Well, you got some settling in coming now. You know, it's, yeah. I, I thought the, the Braves played well in the first two games in Houston, so it, um, but but now you've got the Astros settled in, and, and the Braves, there has to be at least a tiny little bit of doubt Um yeah. creeping in just because there was no reason not to finish. You open the game with a grand slam yeah, yeah. at home. How do you not finish that off? Exactly. So um, I'm excited. To... I'm really excited for tonight's game. Well, I think so. And I think you, you've seen a bit of a change in the momentum. So hopefully yeah. that maintains. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's that momentum and, you know, maybe a little doubt creep. Not, I don't know about doubt, but maybe maybe their confidence is taking a pretty big but, hit. Um, they got some nerves going. Yeah, a little nervy. So we'll see how and that baseball's all baseball's a fickle game. It is a fickle game. That's why we love it. So, uh A&M obviously took care of business against the Gamecocks. <clears throat> and in an off week, there were some pretty fun little storylines that took place in, you know, for, for us being on a bye. Well, just score-wise, um, I'm, I'm not surprised that Baylor beat Texas. No. At all. I was... Um, I mean, that was my prediction. coming. Uh, I wasn't surprised that Georgia won. I know it's a rivalry game, but um, even that couldn't help Florida. No. Um Oh, I'm trying to remember what were the other games I watched. There was a good one. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State was a, that was a great game. Phenomenal game. Like, oddly enough, it's probably the first week of the season, and one of the few like you normally ever get, where the 11 a.m. slate, like you were flipping around. Yeah. Like even even Tulsa was making Cincinnati sweat a little bit. Yeah, no, Tulsa played them played them tough, and then you had um, you know, other than that, I mean, Wake Forest uh, kept Iowa wasn't a game. They got thumped. Yeah. And uh, let's go ahead and jump in on, here's one for you that I thought was probably the most interesting game for us by far was Ole Miss and Auburn. Well, so Ole Miss wins this game if Lane Kiffin isn't an asshole. But the problem is that's kind of Lane Kiffin's MO. Right. Um, Not like he's a jerk or anything, but, you know, at some point you can't, you can't have that many turnover on downs. Like, what was it, in the red zone or at least inside the 25 or 30? four inside the red zone. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean... That's twelve points. 
Yeah. I mean, you're literally just throwing away 12 points. And I get going for it once, maybe even twice. Right. But it's honestly, it didn't matter how that game shook out because they're both left on our schedule. Right. Um, I would have liked to have seen Old Miss win so Auburn didn't come in with momentum. Sure. But all it does is just give us a higher ranked opponent to play and beat. So Exactly. So, so you you line it up and you realize that oddly enough there's still an outside shot. There is still an outside shot. We have to win out and we need Auburn to beat Bam in the Iron Bowl. Right. And that does it. And we go to play Georgia. Now I don't know if I want to go play Georgia, but <laughs> but, but getting to, but getting to Atlanta is is a, it's a step in the process. It is a step in the and process, and we haven't and we have made that step. No, exactly. This year, even with two losses against two not great teams, as it turns out, fact, you need to go out there, win, and just keep doing what you do. Now you got Auburn coming in, and you know we'll talk to Auburn in depth. But you have Auburn and Ole Miss, then you get a little bit of alleviation with Prairie View before you get. Kind of a wild card with LSU. So like these There's last no telling with them. The last four games of the season are all going to be very intriguing. Well, no, three of the last four. Well, I mean, yeah, three of the last four. You're right. I mean, if Prairie View's intriguing, we're screwed. No, no. You know why Prairie View's intriguing? It's well, not for football. The halftime show, baby. Yeah, not, <laughs> not for the football aspect. So, so yeah, I, I I think you've got. Well, and if you look at. The Auburn Ole Miss game, and I didn't watch it because the Stroh's were on. I went back and, and watched, you know, the recaps on highlights and everything. And if if you look at it, one Ole Miss again probably could and should have won that game. Probably. Um, two, both teams look beatable, and yeah, and and we'll talk about Ole Miss when it's time to talk about Ole Miss. Uh, it's, I think the key to beating Ole Miss is just getting out of Lane Kiffin's coaching decision way mm-hmm. let, let him do what he thinks is right and you should be good um but but with Auburn uh, you know it's almost power against power is what you're going to see with us is is, sure. is running the ball um Bo Nix who feels like he's been at Auburn for about nine years now um and is still a freshman for some reason he just feels like he's still a young kid yeah. I don't know but um you know this is this is one of those where you know you don't want Tank Bigsby to beat you um because he can, I guess, but I don't think he can beat you any more than our backfield can. No, I mean you look at their numbers. I mean Spiller's got better rushing yards than mm-hmm. Bigsby does, and we still have, you know, a chain and well, you got and Ananias and, Anias and, and, and yeah. who else running around, man? So, but but what we just can't seem to ever figure out how to do is keep Bo next from looking all world. Well, and and this goes back to you know uh, the thing with the Jimbo Fisher era which has kind of been the most important thing for me, is we are starting to exercise demons, right? It feels like that's part of what this whole deal has been. I mean, we look at this year, you know, you kick a couple of monkeys off your back playing at Missouri. For whatever reason, we've struggled there. We did fine. We just struggled with Missouri. Yeah, exactly. And then we get we get things taken care of with, you know, Colorado, which granted, you know, Colorado, whatever. We can say what we want about it. But that was a place that a has traditionally struggled. We have a very big monkey on our back, and that is Auburn coming into our house and winning. And that's something that, frankly, has to change. You have a devil's advocate. You also have something like we lost to Arkansas. And we hadn't done that in a decade. Right. So, and that's concerning. And then you lose to Mississippi State, who's just a shit team. So, you know, we've been able to exercise some demons, but we've also kind of 
got back down to the mud pit with 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 you know some teams and we that we shouldn't have. Probably so not. it's it's been a goofy season. Um, and and you're seeing, you know, in the rankings and everything, it's one of those you can lose early and come back. But I mean, ideally, you just don't lose. And sure not. And and having those two losses was you know one. If you just take away one of those losses, everything is so much different. But I mean, you can't. But you know, you look back and realize that, you know, for the good things that we've done, uh, you know, not have the Bama hangover, right? So have a massive win and then take care of business the next two weeks. Like that's always a positive. It is. Um, yeah, the Bama win in itself, obviously a positive. I, yeah, I think for us, it's just as we go forward as a program, Texas A&M needs to find a way. To just put all the pieces together all at the same time. Well, you have to minimize these negatives. Yes. And, you know, there's no reason on earth we should have lost to this Arkansas team. As it turns out, they're not very good. No. And, yes, Mississippi State, congratulations, you beat Kentucky. But Kentucky, I think, is a glass cannon. You know, they hadn't really played anybody worth of note. And the moment they did, Georgia nearly shut them out. Well, they were good enough in the East, but the East is weak. It's Georgia and everybody else, and it's if you want to be at the top of the pile of everybody else, I mean, right on, it doesn't matter. No, I mean, Tennessee's bad, Florida's bad, South Carolina is god-awful. Yeah, the, ga- the gap in the East is yeah, there, ridiculous. There is, I mean, literally the West is just far and away better than the East this year. Yeah, and well, it's been that way for a long time. And I'm yeah. sure it'll cycle back, but it sure doesn't look like it's going to anytime soon. Oh, surely not. Just look at the coaches. I mean, that's normally how you do it in college football, right? Exactly. Look at the coaches in the West versus the coaches in the East. Yeah. Do I think Stoops is outstanding and deserves to stay at Kentucky as long as he wants? Absolutely, sure. considering what he's done with that program, and he may continue to do great things with it. Yeah. Uh, Missouri's worthless. South Carolina's, uh, you wonder if they're ever going to bounce back. I mean, you know, ever is, is a big word, but I, I I don't see any point of turning to an upward trajectory for South Carolina. No, there's really not a whole lot of what I would call, you know, things that are beneficial with that program. Not location, not prestige, uh, any of that. Your out-of-conference rivalry uses you as a doormat. Right. I mean, you're, you're exactly. In-state, in out-of-conference state, rivalry. In-state, and then your cross-division's been an absolute joke. You know, A&M's taking you to the woodshed virtually every time y'all have played. And it's just, there's no point in you guys really maintaining that. It's like, whatever. You're just another you, East team. You would think they could get better. But, you know, the one... Well above average coach you have in the East has his team far and away better than the rest because I think Dan Mullen is starting. And I was, uh, you know, I never had a problem with Dan Mullen, but I tell you what, this past weekend, him talking about, like, recruiting and that stuff. That was hilarious. uh, Well, I mean, it's hilarious (laughs) if you're not a Florida fan. Yeah, Um, exactly. You know, maybe, you know, I I thought Dan Mullen was a good coach, but I guess it's easy to look good with Dak Prescott. Um, Oh, yeah. Well, well, and I like the – the phrasing of what he said, like, we'll worry about recruiting later, versus Jimbo, who was like, hey, we were on an off week. We had to go to work. Well, there's no later. Recruiting is always. And it doesn't matter if you're playing at home against Bama or you have a bye week. There is no recruiting season. No. The only thing that happens in recruiting are the dead periods. And even then, there, every single coach is pushing the limits of what a dead period is defined as. Yeah, as you should, because you want the best players on your team. So to say out loud that you'll address recruiting when it's time for recruiting means that you don't think it's time for recruiting right now. Right. So That's uh, it's not a great look oh, for yeah. Florida. I can't see Dan being there in three years. No, probably not. I mean, you might be lucky to survive, too. But, yeah. I mean, as it stands, uh, with this Auburn game coming up, 
Uh, you know, as we talked about, I think it all just kind of comes down to what are we going to see out of the running game on their side well, and how our front seven deals with it, and really, can we contain Bo Nix? Yeah, well, and I and I think Tank is is a legit back. I, sure. I think um, I think they'll run the ball. Maybe I don't think they're going to put up you know two hundred yards of rushing on us, but they'll run the ball. They'll run the ball. Um, but we're going to run the ball. So so I feel like um, I mean I'd give us the edge in the running game, but not by much. Right. Um, you know when it comes to defense, I think ours is better. Sure. Um, and, and that's where I think you'll see the edge is our rushing defense is better than theirs. Right. And that's going to come down to. Yeah, because the passing defense is. Man, I don't know. It's again. It and, and it, the problem is, it's not that when we play Auburn, we get out schemed. We just get like out randomly bow nixed. Well, that's the thing. Like it's it's just it's so frustrating. And so the running defense that I want to see against Bo Nix that. Again, I have yet to see against Bo Nix from Texas A&M. No. Is when you end up giving up 220 yards on the ground, but 75 or 80 of them are from the quarterback. Yeah. Like, the ability to contain Bo Nix has a lot more to do with keeping him inside the pocket. Yes. Um, he's a, I, I think he's a really good scrambler. I think he's one of those quarterbacks that when his feet aren't set, he probably throws better than when his feet are set. Right. Kind of like somebody else we know. So, just... Uh, yeah, the ability to contain Bo Nix as a runner, I think, is probably. I don't want. To, I don't want to say it's the key to this game, but I feel like it's damn close. It's an X factor for sure. It's one of those things uh, that is just going to really offset what we do if we can't contain it. So ideally, we're going to go out there, do our job, keep Bo Nix within the, you know, within the lines. There. Well, at least that's the idea. Yeah, keep, whether or not we do, <laughs> keep keep them in the pocket and force the run game. Straight up the middle and do what we got to do. Um, it's at home, Kyle Field. This, you know, at this point, I would say the twelfth man. Honestly, this year versus a lot of years has been very effective for us. Believe it or not. So I think we're gonna go out there and just do what we do. Um, you know, what if you had to give an honest prediction? Uh, what would you be looking at? Um. Well, see, so here's the thing. So you came off Bama and you took care of business. You had two wins and you had a bye week, right? Yep. Um, so we've traditionally not done very well off of bye weeks, right? But you've had you've had the week off that gave the twelfth man even a week off to take all the dirty laundry home and have mom and dad you know wash it and fill up their fridge and send them back with some food. Mm. And I and I think the twelfth man is as excited about this as everyone else should be. Um, I I think the twelfth man understands the importance of this game, and I think Kyle Field. Should why well, it should, and I hopefully it will be mm-hmm. as raucous as it was against Bama. I really it's, hope it is. It's got to be, and and you know if you can keep the twelfth man in Kyle and loud, I think he can beat Auburn by ten. Yep. I do, and I know this is kind of a coin flip game. I think the line's like four, and you normally get three for being at home, so it's damn near a coin flip. Yeah. Um, but 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 if the twelfth man shows up and we and we create that environment. Yeah. Then I I don't think that Auburn, uh, I don't think that Auburn can quite hang because I think I don't think Auburn's as good as Alabama. No, I and don't think it, they are either. You don't want to do the transit thing, but it's really not. This isn't transitive. We beat a far better team yeah. at home. We did. So if we can 
recreate that atmosphere, the, the energy, everything. And I think this team understands it. This isn't Bama, but, man, this game's important. It's very important. And, I mean, I would say for kind of the future of our program, this is as important as that Alabama game strictly from the idea that, hey, this is a team that's normally on our level within <clears throat> conference. you got to start beating these guys regularly. Right. Yeah, you, you need to be butted up against A&M or butted up against Alabama, you know, in that next tier. Right. So, and I, and I think another thing that when we played Missouri and South Carolina, we didn't just win. Like, we really did go out and do what we were expected to do. So, we didn't even have one of those games that you won, but you still didn't feel good about it. Like, I think both of those games were, were again, confidence boosters. Um, everybody feeling good about, you know, where the program is and – and even despite those early losses, you know, your ability to stay on the right trajectory. So even if we – because you beat Auburn and then you feel good about Ole Miss, right? Sure. I mean, you have to. You have to. Even going on the road, even with that being a night game, I think you're feeling pretty good about Ole Miss because you got to anticipate that bare minimum, Lane, Lane Kiffin is honestly their own worst enemy at times. Well, absolutely. Well, But at this point, you know, also like – okay. I mean – and again, like you said, like I understand that you have to go to, um, you know, you got to go to Ole Miss, and that was a game that we talked about, you know, well before the season even started. Sure. But now you you got all this momentum, and you know, coming off of the Mississippi State loss, and then being able to respond and beat Bama, and then go on and do what you do to Missouri, and do what you do to South Carolina, by week or not, you're you're really starting to roll down the tracks, and so if you can beat Auburn. Yeah. Then going to Oxford doesn't really seem that daunting because of the momentum and confidence you'll have at that point. So sure. that like this game is important for a ton of reasons. You know, one of which is just we have to win out. Yes. Uh, if if we really want to accomplish any goals, because if you win out and and Bam wins the Iron Bowl, you're still going New Year's Six. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're going to move up ahead of. You're the third best team in the SEC. Yeah, you know, you move up ahead of Kentucky with that. Right. So. You know, you have to win them all, but you can't win them all without winning the next one, right? Yeah. So th- this game has a ton of implications for a lot of reasons. <clears throat> you know, this game has a lot of implications for the game after it. Right. You know, so it's the, this this Auburn game is is maybe well probably the second biggest Auburn game we've had. The, yeah. the first would have been the jo- Johnny Horse Collar game, which was you know we can go into right. detail on that. But. but that was a game that you know you win that one and, and that season's different. It is. So, um, yeah, you can't understate the importance of this game. Um, you can't understate the importance of the 12th man being out there and being loud. Right. And being, like, same level as, as Bama, except for if you win, you don't need to rush the field because it's Auburn. Because it's Auburn. Because it's and not the number one team in the country. No, no, This is a, these are some guys that you play on a regular basis. And it's just one of those teams that if you are of the mindset of being a champion, you need to beat they're just one of those teams. You need to beat them. You need to beat Arkansas. You need to beat Mississippi State. You need to beat Ole Miss. Well, we said it before. I mean, you break down the West because you don't have to worry about the East. You know, you don't. Until you start getting to Atlanta regularly, you really don't have to worry about the East. So the West is Alabama's Tier 1. Tier 2 is us, LSU, and Auburn. Yeah. And then Tier 3 is everybody else. Pretty much. And and you you got to be able to separate yourself from that Tier 2 to where more often than not you're banging on Alabama's door than you are just boasting about when, being the top of the Tier 2. Yeah. You know, you need, so you know, beating the LSUs and beating the Auburns are, are, are what counts. And, and Ole Miss has had their ups and downs. There's years where Ole Miss maybe slides into that tier. Yeah. But um, I, don't, I don't know that this year is one of those. No. I mean, yeah, Arkansas got you one time in the last 10 years, but they're not Tier 2. 
Hmm. They're still bottom tier. No, they're 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 pretty much at the bottom of the West. I mean, yeah. if you wanted to break into another tier, you could have Arkansas and Mississippi State. Right. And, you know, and then you know you could break into like Ole Miss next, and and so it's. <clears throat> but you have to, you know, once because you know, well for a while though when we first started we were kind of in the Mississippi tier, sure. weren't we? A little bit. Um, and so. You know, our ability to keep keep moving forward as a program relative to who we play. And I get that, you know, it's national championship is the goal, right? But when you're in the SEC, especially when you're in the West, like, man, you just got to get out of your own division first, you know? Yeah. So you have to be a team that's consistently winning or battling for your division championship. Yep. And then worry about getting, you know, worry about being in Atlanta who you play. And, and outside of this year... You'd love your chances against the East in the last decade. Well, I mean, it, it all comes down to something we've we've looked at time and time again, which is that with the West, if you do win the West, more likely than not, that has put you in prime position for bare minimum a playoff spot. Well, no, it's put you in prime position for a New Year's Six, um, and it. Absolutely puts you in the in in a realistic discussion. Then it puts you in, in prime position because you can't expect the Pac-12 to always be awful. You can't expect the Big 12 to always be awful. So you're not you're not sitting pole position. You know, just making it to Atlanta. Yeah, you know, going to Atlanta and losing that doesn't put you in pole position. It puts you in a good spot. But it puts you we put you in the conversation yeah. every single year. Right. Absolutely. And so so uh, you know, New Year Six is literally it's a lock. Like stone cold, lock it up, you know. Yeah, you yeah you win the West, you're you're going to your six. Yeah, so it's, um, so it's, so even if you're second in the West, but yeah. you're talking about a one loss team, yeah, you know, one loss team second in the West, you've locked up your New Year's six. I mean, outside of just complete implosion across the rest of the land, you ain't making the playoffs if you don't make it to Atlanta. Right. But, but even that's happened before. No, it has happened. The East before. is so bad, we're number two in the West win. Well, and, and the East is so bad, and you look at the ACC, and you look at what's going on in the pack. And God, the ACC is terrible. The ACC is not good. When your best team is Wake Forest, that tells you something. And we're not, and we're not talking about basketball. We're not talking about basketball. You look, look, Even then, that would be a blight on the ACC if Wake right. Forest was the best team in basketball. Right, but then you look across over at Oregon. Oregon's got two losses. Yeah. You know? So it's just, at this point in time, there's there are weird scenarios that are starting to rear their ugly head, which all show a very real probability, not a really probability, but you see possibilities of being able to weasel your way around, bare minimum to a New Year's Six, but potentially more than that. Well, the problem we're having this year, and, and again, we have one too many losses to really even kind of be in this discussion. Sure. But the problem with this year is um, it's the fascination with Cincinnati. And, and the, I mean, what, the rankings come out tonight, but I, I think Cincinnati's still going to be way higher than they deserve to be. Well, and let's go ahead and talk about that for a second. I think something that's very fascinating to me is how much your previous seasons affect what's going on this year. That's the whole reason Cincinnati got ranked as high as they did preseason and why they're in prime position. Versus what they were last year, where they had to climb their way up, up, and up, and up. But last year, they also at least played a handful of opponents with a pulse. They haven't done that this year. No, this year it was just and, maintaining. I mean, you struggled the last two games, but they're winning. So, I mean, how do you drop them? It'll be interesting to see how the rankings work out tonight when they come out. But yeah, all of this said, I like I'm ready for it to expand the playoffs anyways. 
Yeah. You know, go to go to twelve teams, have first round buys. Um, that just sounds so good. Play the games on campus. Yes. You know, so it's. Um, but this, you know, this will be a year where we miss out. This is all there is to it. I mean, unless we were, you know, if everything works out, we were to get to Atlanta and beat Georgia. That, your only way to the playoffs for us like, is you, that. You, you got to beat Georgia, and then you still need some, like, other pieces to go as they need to go. I don't think so. Because with Oregon where they are, because of the Big 12 where they are. Yeah. And because the the Big Ten's going to eat themselves over the last few weeks. Now, their, their top teams all have to play each other. Right. So, I think what you end up with is if you were to – um, yeah. Kind of backdoor into Atlanta. Yeah. You'd still only be a two-loss team. Yeah. And then you beat Georgia, who's the number one team in the country. I think you're getting yeah. a spot. You're probably a four seed, but you're getting. You're at least in there. Which, just because, and some of that's just like you said, it's the other teams, it's, it's their other records. I wonder if now that you have Georgia, like in that in that scenario, let's say Georgia ends up, you know, losing to us in Atlanta. What do they fall to like three? Because they're only going to be one loss team. I think they only fall to two. Yeah, they're only gonna drop one spot. I, I honestly think they would drop one spot. But again, even if all that happens and we do all of that, Cincinnati is still a problem. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it, like I said, as you said, it's gonna be really interesting to see what the playoff committee thinks about. ACC it. is out of it though. They are. I mean, so I mean, outside of Wake Forest, I mean, here's what if Wake Forest does win out though as an undefeated Power Five champ. But well, well, I'm also assuming they're not going to. So. I don't think they will either. But yeah. if they do. I mean, if they went out, then the ACC's in. Yeah. You don't really have a choice. No, exactly. I mean, which you'll have, like, Georgia, Cincinnati, Wake Forest, and who gives a shit? Like, right. it'll be the worst playoffs in the history of mankind. They're going to throw in Ohio State just for good measure. Probably. <laughs> well, I mean, that's assuming Ohio State can win the Big Ten. Yeah. There's still some big games coming up, so. I mean, Michigan-Ohio State might actually be a solid game this year. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the Big Weirdly Ten's enough. still kind of wide open. I guess, technically, the Big is still wide open. Well, because what you're going to have is Oklahoma, who, granted, still undefeated, they're going to have to play Oklahoma State twice at this point. Yes, I don't know if I'd want to do that. Yeah, so they're going to play Oklahoma State twice, probably in two weeks. Um, because, I mean, there's really nobody else that's going to contend. Texas is out of the conversation at this point. Iowa State might as well be because they just lost to West Virginia. So, all of a sudden, really, your top of the, of the Big 12 is going to be Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. They're going to play Bedlam, and then they're going to turn around and play again in Arlington. So there you I don't go. know that I'd want to face Gundy twice in a row. No. I, I feel like he's the kind of coach that can – I don't think Lincoln Riley is – I just don't think – I think he's a good coach. I just don't think he's anything great. I don't think he's good, as good as Bob Stoops was. I think he out-talents the Big 12. Oh, yeah, I mean, That's sure. all I think he does. And, and Gundy – has to outcoach to win, right? No, sure. Because I mean, you look at—I have—I don't know him off the top of my head, but if I were just a betting man, I would guess over the last five years, Oklahoma State has averaged in the 40s or so in recruiting. Yeah, I would guess 30s or 40s, as opposed to Oklahoma, who is single digit. Yeah. So, you know, the, the big—I don't know—Big 12 could be really weird. I just think the Pac-12 is out of it. I think. I think Wake Forest will step on their toes. So, but the problem is, like I said, Cincinnati. So it's it's really not going to matter, even if all the chips fall for us. No. Um, Cincinnati would have to lose, and Wake would have to lose. Yeah, which um, are entirely possible. But I have a hard time seeing Cincinnati lose, considering the rest of that conference. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. I'll pull their schedule real quick. They have, go for it. Uh, but yeah, no, I just I keep looking at all. Tulsa, things. South Florida. So SMU to end. The season. SMU might be intriguing. I guess. Maybe. I guess. They were undefeated. I mean, they squeaked by Navy. Uh, they ended up beating Tulane decently, but I watched that game, and 
Dulane gave them fits. Mm-hmm. I mean, they beat Notre Dame, but again, like who's putting stock in Notre Dame? I mean, at this point, hardly anybody. There's, they shouldn't be. I mean, yeah, well, they're still ranked number eight. Why? Well, because they're Notre Dame. And, and, well, and that's you know, it's another problem. Because you're Notre Dame. Yeah, you know, it's it's the same when you talk about people getting ranks based off what they did last year. And I understand that's kind of how preseason rankings work. But I mean, you just at some point you have to do an eye test, man. Yep. Like Notre Dame barely beat a crap Florida State team. Yep. They barely beat a Toledo at home. They beat Purdue, which nobody cares about. They're right. one. I tell you what, they did beat Wisconsin. Which you know. But they got beat by Cincinnati. They barely beat Virginia Tech. They beat a crappy USC team. They beat a crappy UNC team. By the way, they still got to play Navy, which always gives them fits, and they still have Stanford, which for some reason is is always a close game, even when Stanford sucks. I mean, and Stanford's already proven they can beat ranked teams, so we'll see what happens there. Notre Dame, you may not even have to worry about Notre Dame. And again, they're ranked eight, so in the playoff picture, I don't think they're anywhere in the conversation. Yeah. So looking at this next week, I mean, there's really, we are the only ranked matchup. Of the week, yeah, that's why we get the that's why we get the CBS prime time. I love that two thirty slot. I'm yeah, a massive fan of it. I like it too, um, and especially now that the weather's getting nicer. Yeah, you know, we're gonna be. It should in, be perfect. It's gonna be seventies in Kyle Field. It's not gonna be miserably hot. I mean, go out there, yell your yell your head off. Get up. It'll be a little bit crisp and cool in the morning. So have oh, some cider yeah. to warm you up. It's gonna feel like fall. Yeah, have some have some you know nice yeah. tailgate breakfast and then start harder drinking. Yeah. Get you you know get you some burger and, and some brats and then head on over to Kyle Field. Yell your ass off for two and a half three hours. And then go watch Alabama beat the shit out of LSU. There you go. Yeah. Go, go to the bird and end your evening you know with a, a light jacket you know. And yeah. Just kind of a perfect day. It's you know? it's a it's a beautiful it'll be a beautiful fall day in Aguilane, and there's no reason for the twelfth man not to be like raucous. I mean, we should we should be thinking about having to call the fire marshal for capacity on Saturday. Yeah, I really do hope they show up and show out, man. I think they will. Um, so looking at our upcoming games that we had, that you know, based on whatever's going on here, so Oklahoma State, yeah, with that one loss now, now down to eleven, they're at West Virginia. They're only a three point favorite. Yeah, that's weird. Um, I really don't know what to make of West Virginia this year, uh, this year but uh, I I think Oklahoma State goes and wins the game. I think you're right. Um, really, other than that, but then, like I said, Alabama with LSU that night. That'll be, a, I tell you what, that's going to be he one of the... was a 28.5 point favorite. Yeah, and you know what? I think they cover. I think LSU is an absolute shambles. You've got a quarterback that's, that's entering the portal. You know, this, a coach that's leaving. A coach that's basically entered the portal, the delayed portal. Yeah. I, I, you know, I... You could see where it would be one of those situations in sports where they rally around their coach and they win out. Sure. But I don't think Ed O is the kind of coach that these guys want to rally around. No, it's it's not a Les Miles situation. No. At all. No, it's not. It, he's completely lost all like like grasp, grasp on reality since he won the national championship. Oh, yeah. He's not a coach. He doesn't know how to act. I just so... I, I think Alabama, can, and that's at LSU. Is that in Baton Rouge? Oh no, dude, that's in Tuscaloosa. Oh, that's it. Oh god. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. know. This, this could uh, it was the playoffs a few years ago when they both made it, and LSU didn't get past the fifty. Remember yeah. that until uh, like the fourth quarter. Oh yeah, the, yeah. The, look for that again this year. So I think, and this <laughs> is a bit of a revenge for Alabama. The last time they went to Tuscaloosa because LSU won at Tuscaloosa that's on their right. championship year. So you know Saban's thinking about that. Well, Nick Saban's like Pepperidge Farms, man. He remembers. He always remembers. So you know, we'll be looking forward to that in Tuscaloosa. Next Although year. he may be older than the Pepperidge Farm guy. And getting close. <laughs> 
So Tennessee at Kentucky um, on ESPN. I take Kentucky all day. So I, Kentucky's only a one point favorite, which I'm kind of shocked. I at home. I think that's overreaction. Um, overreaction to how Kentucky looked. I think Kentucky will win. I. Yeah. Tennessee's another one of those like they can just weirdly have a really good day, but uh-huh. um, I think if this were in Tennessee, yeah, um, I could see it being an absolute coin flip. But I think I think Kentucky will win. But again, you know, sometimes it's you know home field advantage is a thing, and it's an important thing. Yeah, you know, what if Kentucky fans are so disheartened that it's like playing in a library? Tennessee could absolutely walk in, walk in there, and and, and take that game. So, so one other uh, little wild card game because yeah. We're playing them next week, and I was really curious how this one might play out. So, Ole Miss is hosting Liberty at this point. <laughs> Granted, Liberty is 7-2. and two. Ole Miss is a 9.5-point favorite. I know Ole Miss will probably roll, but... Ole Miss, Ole Miss will cover. Yeah. yeah that'll that'll be a, a tiny little blip of a... In fact, they'll only show that headlight, or that, those highlights, mm-hmm. so they can get that headline in. So, and they also have the, uh, hey, we beat A&M Bowl, uh, Mississippi State at Arkansas. Um, that's going to be at 3 p.m. on SEC Network, Arkansas five-point favorite. I was about to say, you know what? I, I think Arkansas wins this game. I think they do, too. They, and that's good for us because we need. He's hitting a win, yeah. Yeah, you know, just continue to like. Fayetteville's a fun place. I, 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 it is. I really look forward to getting back on campus because that's that's, it really is a fun trip. The traffic is a complete nightmare getting out and oh, yeah. getting in. They have, like, two roads. But like it's a fun little stadium, um, yeah. There, that's a fun trip. It is a fun. Trip. It'll be nice to get the hell out of Jerry's world. Oh, I completely agree. Uh, not to mention, I mean, I'd rather deal with, you know, walking into their house and dealing with the volatile crap, and then walking out with the win. That's always more fun. As well, I'm, as I'm sure you noticed with uh, with the Everton match, I'm sure that was great. Well, well, and they. Uh, I mean, last time we played there, we. Mud stomped them. Yeah, we did. And yeah, you know, they shut up pretty quick. They do shut up pretty quick when you beat them. So, uh, yeah, I mean that's about it. Uh, yeah, it's not a great weekend for college football. No, I mean like, literally, you got one ranked matchup, and then game day didn't even go to it. They're like, let's go to Cincinnati because <laughs> we went. We're going to go see them play a three and five Tulsa team. That's that sounds is, fun. That is the definition of just completely weak sauce. God. So, but, anyway. but you know what? I like SEC Nation better, anyways. Me too. So twelfth man, you know what? And that'll get the twelfth man fired up too. You know, whenever we have a show come out, the students get up early. They get yeah, fired up. Go out there. Um, you know, have some signs. Give a. Give Tebow some love. Give Fine Fine some love. Where, the Sips already had their bye week, right? Yeah. Where Where are they going now? Oh, I was, they're going to Ames. They're going to Ames, baby, and if, it's going to be cold. If sixty percent of the student body for Iowa State isn't dressed up in monkey costumes, I or will bananas, be, baby, I will, I will be incredibly disappointed. Uh, and the thing is, I I kicked it out on Twitter. I sent it to a few Cyclone buddies of mine. I said, "Hey guys, just take this and run with it. I don't care how y'all do it." Just make it happen, please. For the love of all that is holy. For the love of God, one of your colors is yellow. You yeah, can dress up well. as a banana easy. But also, not to mention, you can get some pretty cheap discounted Halloween costumes considering we just finished oh, Halloween. Oh, yeah. Also, there you so, go. So, boom. See? Problem solved. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, I will I will have to like flip over just quick to, to see clips of the uh, of the student section. I was I was pretty proud of the Baylor Bear uh student section um, after they played the eyes of Texas chanting SEC as they walked off the field. You know what that honestly had a lot of vibes. Pretty, pretty proud of them. We had serious vibes for that whenever we had lost to I guess it was uh, Kansas State in 2011. That same deal happened to us in that four overtime game. Mm. Yeah they were chanting SEC to us after we, after we started leaving the field. Um, 
So, as far as music stuff, I had a good time in Lubbock this last weekend. I know. Good times in Lubbock. That's crazy. Well, if you're not going to football games, actually, I mean, you can have a good time in Lubbock. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, normally you're hammered and or playing music, but... Yeah. So, we, we went out there and played at Cook's Garage on their big new outdoor stage. It's fantastic. It's already cold up in Lubbock? It was a little cool. It wasn't bad. I mean, you know, it was it was down in the 40s, um, you know, that, that night. But, yeah, we enjoyed it. I, I had a blast. Um, definitely looking forward to getting back out there hopefully soon because Cook's is a badass spot. Um, other than that, um, this week we have a private party on Friday night in Denton. Mm, that's fun. Yeah, that'll be fun. It's a rehearsal dinner, so. Uh, yeah. No? So, and, you know, food, food and drink provided, so. Score. So, score there. And, and we're getting paid pretty good to be there, so that's nice. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we'll also be... Um, having a rehearsal day Saturday so in Fort Worth, so I'll probably be missing most of the game with that. Um, but other than that, uh, next week's going to be really cool. Um, let me go ahead and pull that schedule up real quick because I was taking a look. I had that all lined up here. So we're going to Round Rock. We're going to be at the Tavern there, and then we're going to be at Hank's Grill up in McKinney, and then we're going to turn around and go straight back down 35 and play at Green Hall with Fowler. So we'll be back at Green Hall. That's fun. Oh, Green Hall was a blast. We went. We had a great time with Cody West a little I while ago. Like playing with Fowler is fun, too. Dude, Fowler and crew, they're so much fun. Um, I've played with them a couple times now, and both times just absolutely phenomenal uh, from a from a crowd standpoint and everything else. So, oh. Good times. Well, you know, and I didn't even think about this. Oh, not to mention, I may, uh, sorry, random, I don't know why I thought about this, back to my trip. <laughs> so everywhere we went, the president of our association is a retired sergeant major, former paratrooper, just a absolutely fantastic guy. Right. And the speeches he gives, or he, that he wrote, were uh, fantastic. So I, I may actually post his speeches because they were so good. Uh, like, they deserve to be read. But, um, you know, on top of sports rolling while I was gone, though, the San Antonio Banderas continue to roll through the Fantasy Football League, as always. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, I beat the Minnesota Golden Domers this weekend. So, Love that. yeah, I'm seven and one, and everybody else has got like at least three losses. I kind of feel like Georgia in the East. Well, my uh, my Alabama Thunder pussies, they're currently winning. Uh, <laughs> Gross. <laughs> it's it's the name of a band. Look them up. It's hilarious. So, like, literally, I have like the Alabama logo, but it's got like Grumpy Cat in the middle with lightning coming out of its face. It's, That's really disturbing. Hey, it, it, whatever works, it works, right? Oh, excuse me, that was a wrong league. Those are my Dixie Chicken Hawks. Ah. Those are my, yeah, those are my two teams, the San Antonio Banderas and the Dixie Chicken Hawks. The Banderas, the league, uh, took, a, took a year off. That's pretty good. It's, well, it's been nice because sometimes it gets to be too much. I don't play anything fantasy other than football anymore. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, I've, I've been out there golfing. Oh, my days. goodness. I know, man. I go to Europe for two weeks and everybody loses their damn mind. Bro, I was out here golfing. Well, it was funny. So, the band golfs, right? And they've been golfing for a while. And, you know, hey, when in Rome, right? You got to start getting back on your game. I haven't played in a hot minute. I mean, literally, it's been 17 years since my last competitive game. There you go. And so, I just, I had no form, whatever. Um, I've you just, also have no calluses. No, I mean, I, I guess I'm there. Golf calluses are a little funky. Yeah, so I'm, I'm building everything up and... But one thing I will say I really enjoyed was, you know, once I've kind of gotten my swing going, honestly, at this point, I'm feeling so good on it. Um, you know, for me, I think my two favorite that I have is I've got this uh, I got this five hybrid 
mm-hmm. that I'm using in my three wood. I think those two, <laughs> phenomenal. I love my three wood well, so it's much. The, it's the old saying, you know, drive for show, putt for dough. That's right. I right, speak of that, I need to go play golf. Oh yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll keep y'all updated to see if Rob gets good enough to want to go play for money. Hey, you know what? I'll go play for money at some point. We gotta, I gotta start winning against my boys first, and then we'll go from there. That's fair. So, uh, hopefully, we uh, get to that point. But hey, guys, uh, we do appreciate y'all listening in again. Uh, we'll try to have this uploaded uh, later on today. Um, be sure to catch uh, Roy May uh, fifteen on Twitter as well as Rob the Slapper on Twitter. Yeah, and I'll I'll put that stuff out. It's uh, it'll yeah. probably take me a couple more days just to get everything organized, but I'll get all my picks and everything out. Yeah. So and this is like the only sales pitch I will make all day. Hey, if you haven't listened to our new EP, it dropped mm-hmm. uh, Buzz Brain Part Two, uh, and what's really cool is it's on a few national playlists. So there you go. That's fantastic. So we'll take it. Happy camper. Uh, we're gonna let Roy go out here and golf, but. Guys, this was wish. <laughs> this was the Red Ass Podcast. We thank you so much for listening in. Thanks. Get Beat the hell out of Auburn. Beat the hell out of Auburn. Time. Um, and oh, one final bit. It is Liverpool West Ham week. It is. So Sunday. Sunday. It's weird though, because you know this year with us in Europa and everything else, like I have a match before that match. Yeah. So it's been as do we. It's been so much fun. Yeah, yeah we've got. I, well, I guess what we got Real Madrid. I think I'll, yeah. no, or no, no. Atletico. No, y'all have Atletico. Yeah, we got Atletico. Then it's that's all. Always got Atlanta. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. It's this is like the greatest time of year for sports. Period. This is great. It's world. Like series. I'm not a massive NBA fan, but it's getting kicked up, and like I have reason to be a Bulls fan this year because AC Fresh is for the, playing with the Bulls. Yeah. My wife's from Chicago. It worked out. So, you know, the NBA's getting kicked up. Hockey started. We're still in the World Series. College football, NFL. You can't beat it. There's Premier League, Europa, Champions. That's Everything's going on, baby. Literally, if you don't have anything to watch, then I don't know what to do. Then you don't have cable. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Big and big. Yeah, yeah. Hello,